Blog Talk Radio. It's October 7th, 2018. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight, we're joined by co-host Jeff Brown. I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Please remember, good leadership is never about power and control, but rather for the honor and the privilege of serving the members in the interest of the membership. Now we have announcements for you, the members, right now. Uh, Announcement number one, uh, UAW members, Article 41, Section 3 states, it shall be the duty of each member to participate in all local, state, provincial, and federal elections through registration and balloting, end quote. So you see we're required to participate in the election process. We encourage everyone to register and vote. Registration deadline for Michigan residents is Tuesday, October 9th, 2018. Please vote this time. That's this coming Tuesday. You can do it till probably 5 o'clock. Okay. Uh, announcement number two. UAW Region 1 plans to have phone banking and door knocking every day and weekend day from now until the election. Please report to region offices 27800 George Morelli Drive in Warren, Michigan. That's 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. weekdays or any part thereof. They'd be happy to have you for a couple hours or even an hour. That's 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. weekdays and 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Saturday and Sunday. I would expect most of the regional offices nationwide would be doing the same thing. We just got that notice. Uh, Welcome to the newest members, 2,000 Columbia University graduate assistants who voted to be represented by the UAW. Welcome to our great union. We hope you enjoy your membership here with us. Uh, Announcement number four, UAW, uh, yeah, Working for a Living continues to support Medicare, not UAW, Working for a Living continues to support Medicare for each and every person in the United States. Working for a Living continues to support separation of corporations in state and the overturning of corporations as citizens. Number six, the Michigan road construction workers have resolved their wage issues and have returned to work. Congratulations, brothers and sisters. Uh, Announcement number seven, General Motors has reestablished its defense unit, and that's to be led by Charlie Freese, a 15-year veteran of General Motors. The company, not not the military. Uh, announcement number eight: the UPS Teamster Teamsters voted on their contract in this past week, and those that voted turned it down by 54%. However, the, it appears the Teamster ratification rules seem to require a 75% no vote by all active workers in order to turn the contract down. This has even mystified the company UPS, and this is all the more reason to vote, not only in your upcoming public election, but in all of your union elections as well. It is reported that Boeing received $227 million in state subsidies and in 2017, while at the same time cutting 6,000 jobs. Announcement number 10, Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos 
lost a student loan lawsuit brought by 19 states. That was decided this past week. Announcement number 11, on Saturday, October 6th, 2018, Judge Brent Kavanaugh was confirmed as an Associate Justice of the United States Supreme Court. More on that a little later. Announcement number 12, the Good Jobs Nation Rally at UAW Local 9 in Indiana, representing the Honeywell workers and retirees, went well. And many were there in attendance and they're in, in support of them. Uh, it came out that the retiree loss of health care is under appeal. Thanks to all for their support and their participation in these disenfranchised retirees, especially the workers as well, because they've had a tough time of it there. We all have. And it's going to probably get worse. Uh, announcement number 13, Ford is to idle the transit van output for two weeks. Announcement number 14, Ford also plans to tighten operations and cut salaries workforce. The economy's doing good, isn't it? Isn't that what we're hearing? Just checking. Announcement number 15, the Marriott Hotel workers in Detroit walked out today, Sunday, raising the members on strike to 5,000 in cities across the United States to include Detroit, San Francisco, Boston, San Jose, and Oakland that are on strike. They're trying to get a better living for themselves. They have refused to increase their wages for full-time workers in this environment. Announcement number 16, uh, Team Working for a Living again extends a warm welcome to all of our new listeners, thank you for choosing us, and we hope that you indeed find value in our format and content. We appreciate that a great deal. Uh, we had some emails. Uh, uh, thank you, Jeff, for continuing your Constitution series. It's good to see you on this show. Uh, we had a number of those, and uh, I want to extend my thanks to Jeff as well. Uh, Leroy, thank you for the, starting the uh, review of the con uh, 2015 contract, General Motors, and for expecting to write some resolutions for us all to turn in. Uh, that came from two different people. Thank you very much. I paraphrased that uh, as it came out. Um, I'm not going to uh, cover that one today. They were talking about the the uh, one one email from last week about uh, one of the the comments. It was uh, you know it's old news and uh, probably just best left to to stop. You know I mean there's there's things uh, out there that uh, have been said and done, but it's time to just move forward. And uh, even though the emails. Continue. Let's just move forward, folks. Thank you for your support, though. We really appreciate it and the uh, continued comments uh, regarding uh, your own personal preferences. We appreciate that. And again, thank you for your support for now. Um, let's go bring on Jeff right now. Jeff, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, Leroy. How are you? 
Pretty good. Uh, how was your uh, How was your week? My week, uh, very painful. Um, the weather had a lot to do with it, but um, we we have uh, two layoff weeks coming this month and one next month. So there's a lot of stuff happening in Flat Rock. None of it good. Um, yeah, that's you know, I mean, it's happening all around the nation, as you just heard in the announcements. You know, I mean, a lot of stuff mm-hmm. going on, uh, yeah. and so yeah, a lot of people are uh, being disenfranchised, being with layoffs and things. I know uh, Louisville uh, has been off uh, and on, uh, and I think they're scheduled for a couple more weeks in. Uh, in October as well, so there's some there's some uh, real concerns about the, this car sales. I I viewed a video uh, where in Dallas, I think it was, where a uh, helicopter flew over one of the abandoned airports there, and it it was full of uh, SUVs, you know, Cadillacs, uh, Suburbans, uh, just about everything. I imagine. Uh, Tahoe's, uh, and, you know, the pilot commenting, there's some caddies down there, too, so I, I mentioned caddies, but, mm-hmm. you know, they, they uh, I don't know, there's a lot of them there. I know they count those cars as in transit, so they don't show up on, and they're booked at the uh, for profit at the end of the line, is my understanding, and so they show all this profit, and it's not either in the these cars or these trucks in this case are not either in the uh inventory in the plant or uh on the inventory at the dealer, so they're just noticed as in transit uh so that's a uh a little tricky way to get around showing all this ballooned inventory. And I'd hate to think, if you start counting the days, how much inventory the trucks now are starting to develop uh, with the slow sales. And that's going to be good uh, for our small car uh, facilities. Uh, as uh, gas prices go up, you're starting to see the truck sales slow down, and that will start to increase the sales on the small cars, like the Cruise, for example, in Lordstown, so we can start to expect to see some some movement there. Um, so uh, I want to uh, thank all our supporters there in Lordstown. Much appreciated over the last couple of years and certainly uh, uh, going to do everything we can to help you. Uh, there's some some things going on. I noticed uh, that uh, the president mentioned in the, the announcement of the uh, USMCA uh, agreement that there's, uh, you know, there's going to be some steel uh, tariffs, and that there's a new new steel being built. Well, he hasn't had much to do with that, but a friend of mine, high placed union official, has. And without going into too much detail, these steel plants, and I mentioned it earlier this year in brief, uh, when I was briefed on it, I think in February. Uh, and these plants are going to uh, 
employ a thousand workers, each one of them. There's two scheduled for construction, one in mid-Michigan and one in southern Ohio on the Ohio River in probably one of the most blighted cities in the country. Uh, and I'm pushing for my hometown to get the next one. Uh, I'm not sure how that's going, but, you know, it still doesn't mean we're not trying to push to make that happen. These plants are very interesting. Uh, first of all, it's high-quality steel, just like Trump said, and it's super-strength steel. It's like uh, two, three and a half to four times as strong as most steels we have available today with the same uh, tensile strength. So it's not brittle necessarily. Uh, the iron workers are going to love this stuff to climb. Uh, so when they're putting buildings up, they're not going to have these slivers of steel in their hands when they're climbing steel. So that's a good thing. The other thing about these plants is um, they're able to capture all of the carbon that comes out of the process. And the thought is that they'll drive that into the ground in these uh, rather than using water, they're going to drive this carbon that they capture into the ground, hydraulically push the shale oil back up out of the ground. So there would be, uh, you know, something replacing it, uh, the oil down there, but also uh, we're putting the carbon back into, or they're putting the carbon back into the ground uh, where it belongs, not up in the air. So these are very, very high-tech plants. The two engineers uh, worked with uh, this high-level union uh, member uh, from the building trades, and uh, they, they've come up with this, and they've found the funding uh, for this, and it's uh, going forward. Now, Trump referenced there would be 100 of these, well, hundreds of them. I'm not so sure how many, and I don't think anybody knows how many, and we know that two now are, are in... Uh, the, uh, the works, and, you know, they are looking to find the funding for the third one, and I'm really pushing for my hometown, and everybody knows where that is, uh, down there in northeast Ohio, uh, to get the third one, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that all goes. But it is, uh, this technology is brand new, it's, uh, you know, I mean, cutting-edge stuff. And I mentioned this, that we had some amazing things coming. And seeing how Trump kind of let the cat out of the bag, I can report on to the degree that he let it out of the bag about the high-quality super strength and, and the uh, carbon neutral, carbon negative, actually. So it's, uh, it's just amazing things. And um, some of the politicians... Are, are not not going to uh, like it because I know one politician that turned down one of these plants and that's going to come to haunt that particular politician in a big way. So, without saying any names. So, Jeff, you got any comments on that? No, it's you basically summed it up. I think there was one steel company that went on strike better wages since the new trade agreement. Right. Um, I haven't heard the status of it since they I went out. I haven't seen it. I didn't notice that. I 
reported it out. So, uh, so uh, that being said, you know, there's, there's there's some good things going on in our country, and we'll just we'll sit back and watch and see how that goes. But uh, uh, so, uh, Jeff, do you want to uh, start on your uh, uh, report? Uh, on the uh, uh, Constitution. Let me switch computers here. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay, last week we ended on Section 8, and we'll go through 8 through Pewter would work right. Yeah. Um, yes, now let me scroll down. There we go. Uh, maybe before you start, do you want to comment on the, the portion of the Constitution, Article 41, that I reported out as an announcement uh, on the uh, requirement to ballot and vote? Do you want to make any comment on that? Yeah, everybody, everybody should get out and vote. This is very important stuff this year, especially here in Michigan. You know, we have the foot and water crisis. Um, we have uh, taxes on retirees' pensions. Um, there's a lot of things going on in Michigan that needs to be addressed. And down, down in Ohio as well, the fracking down there is really heating up in Ohio. So get out and vote, people. UAW members who have the day off, and I read that uh, Uber is giving free rides to the uh, people who want to go vote. So, there's your chance. There you go. <laughs> be free to go there's, to the poll. There's your chance. Yeah. Get a free ride to the poll. I hope the Uber driver's busy that day. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a lot of them will be, yeah. hopefully, hopefully. Okay, Section 8. A local union failing to pay all of its financial obligations due to the international union shall not be entitled to a voice at the international convention. Section 9. From the dues income allocated to the local union in accordance with Section 5A1 of this article. The local union shall set aside five cents of each month's dues payments as a citizenship and registration fund to be used for the purpose of strengthening members and citizens generally to register to vote in community, state, and national elections, and to carry on organizational education programs directed toward the achievement of an even higher understanding of, of citizenship, responsibility, and the need for active participation in the affairs of a free and democratic society. Local unions are obligated to carry out such programs 
in conjunction with the city, county, state, cap councils, since of each month's dues payment must be set aside by the local union and a special fund to be used only for educational or recreation leisure time activities outlined in Article 27 of this Constitution, provided that two cents shall be appropriated to education and one cent appropriation to recreation leisure time activities. One cent, point one cent of each month's dues payment must be set aside by the local union as a as a retired member fund to be used only to promote and support programs benefiting retirees retired members. Local unions are obligated to carry out this policy in conjunction with the community groups where community groups exist for the purpose of promoting and supporting programs benefiting retired members and other retired workers. I'm going to end it there, Leroy, and that basically was what we just talked about. Um, and um, I know our retirees need a lot of help. They've lost a lot of, a lot of things over the years. Um, so right, but it's not just the retirees that have lost. I mean, these the tiered no, wage, no. alternative work no. schedules, and the, the tightening mm-hmm. down of the jobs. This is all bad stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, the temporary situation, you know. The Constitution says, and we went over this when it was, you know, near election time, and it was part of our 15-page plan that we filed. We actually had one, uh, and uh, uh, the temporaries are only three months in nature, okay? That's it. They're supposed to be seniority employees after that, members, full, me- full members, uh, and uh, that's uh, not being done at the moment. We aspire to change that, so that's one of those things that they said, well, they're only talking about negative stuff. Well... You know, I mean, if you want to fix something, you don't fix the stuff that's that's working. You know, some, a lot of this stuff is working, you know, and a lot of good things in our contract and in our Constitution. But there's a few things that need to be changed and th- that have been, by and large, uh, part of the uh, uh, last two contracts, these concessionary contracts with a no-strike clause mandated by the uh, Federal Bankruptcy Court, uh, but that's uh, we should never have uh, accepted such concessions, even if we didn't have a no-strike clause. So that's just uh, uh, you know, and these these uh, contracts are uh, um, arguably tainted. Uh, so you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of people that have been affected very negatively. And it needs to change, and we're going to be addressing those in resolutions uh, as we get that. Uh, there's a lot of people out there, as long as we're on resolutions, uh, uh, and I don't want to get too far away from just comment about the Constitution and, and how the retirees and all the workers are, uh, uh, you know, struggling. 
Um, there's a lot of people saying, you know, post them on our Facebook page and post them on our Facebook page. But not everybody's a member of the Facebook page. Uh, we'll be posting them on uh, workingforliving.com so you can find them there. Anybody that has anything and want to get out, if we see anything, we'll, you know, put it on. Uh, if you have a problem with that, let us know. But uh, we'll be writing uh, and have written some already uh, and uh, need to get those on the, the .com so everybody can review those. And if they agree with them, go ahead and, and submit them to your, um, your uh, local union. Now, how that occurs, uh, in, well, first of all, in their infinite wisdom, they've said that the deadline is November 1 to have all the resolutions in. In the midst, and you heard me say it last week, in the midst of probably one of the most important elections in the history of our country, they got a demand that all this be done at the same time, rather than say December 1st or traditionally January or February, and for review in uh, the, the following month uh, by the local union and approval by the local union or not, and then sent to the international for their parsing because they'll eliminate the duplicates and then uh, uh, meet as a, a body, the national bargaining team and some uh, international uh, staff. You know, some of them be from the region, some of them being from the, the departments because uh, there's going to be, you know, different people assigned to work with the national bargaining teams. Uh, so, and that'll be their national staff, either from the regions that get pulled up, or from the department itself, and Ford GM and uh, FCA. So, that's uh, that's a process. You would turn these in by November 1st to your recording secretary by close of business on November 1st, uh, and you can turn them in early. You can turn them in right now if you wanted. Uh, or, you know, obviously it's Sunday. You can't do it on Sunday. So that's how that process works. It's important to get these in. Uh, these are the things that they're then mandated to take to the bargaining table once they're approved by the local union membership. They're required to take them to the table with them. Uh, that's uh, actually spelled out. Uh, so uh, once they get them to the table, then how well, how hard they negotiate for them is another matter because that's, you know, collective bargaining uh, is a give and take on certain issues, as most of us know. So uh, this is unprecedented to have it this early. I really oppose the November 1st date. I wish they'd rethink this. Uh, I guess that's what we get when we have the best out there. Uh, that we gave a 40, what, 41% wage increase to to give us the, so we could attract the very best. And now he's got two major things going on at the exact same time. And uh, he's going to have a lot of close races where an hour or two extra by a, a volunteer would be some help. I know and I've been working on this stuff all weekend and did not, did not make my obligation to work uh, work at the uh, headquarters of the, the uh, district headquarters. So 
You know, that's what you guys caused. That's on you. And I'm quite frankly ashamed of you for doing such a thing. You ought to move the deadline to December 1st. Pay attention. This is the most important election since the history of our country began. And you're frogging around like this with it. Borders on moronic. Okay? That's how bad it is. So, having said that, um, well, uh, uh, I'll, uh, uh, Jeff, you got, what do you got over there now? You want to continue on talking about? I'm going to turn the ball over to you a little bit. Um, my my local hasn't mentioned anything about turning in uh, people's resolutions for the, for the next contract, and I'm very surprised to hear this right now that due November 1st. Um, just just another sign of uh, bad leadership at our plant. And um, hopefully they get replaced next contract or next election. We don't have much else going on. Uh, It's been reported out there widely that they're due November 1st. So, I mean, signed a document to that effect. So, you know, it's just it's just sad that they're doing this in the middle of this you know very important election so um so uh, let me uh let me address what we talked about we'd say a little bit more about in the uh, uh in the in the announcements here earlier judge Brett Kavanaugh has been confirmed by the Senate in a narrow vote as a Supreme Court justice, associate Supreme Court justice. That's not going to change. The status of our federal government right now is that the Republicans, typically not so labor-friendly, have control of the House and the Senate, both houses of the legislative branch. They are in control of the presidency. We all know that. And they are now in control, full control, with very conservative five... uh, Yeah, five uh, very conservative justices and that's the way it is it's not going to change anytime soon we'll have an opportunity to change some of it on November and uh, that may or may not happen because the House and the Senate one third of the Senate is up There's a lot of people on both sides of this issue, and it has been very polarizing. Top of our 
leadership in our country has sought to polarize it even further. In the past, our country has never voted to have this much of a lopsided government, one-sided government. In the past, our electorate, all the constituents have gone and voted and had some balance where it was, you know, at least one or two were opposing the other, the other two. Essentially, we have three, three, you know, as everybody knows, three uh, uh, parts of government, the judicial, the executive, and the legislative. But the legislative actually has two. It's a bicameral situation, as we all know. So the electorate would often make sure that that was never absolute like it is right now. But that's the way it is. Uh, I heard uh, the governor from Ohio earlier today comment, and he said that he would have liked to seen the leader, knowing that he was going to get a conservative, reach across the aisle and ask the Democrats to see if there was anybody that they could wrap their head around and and support, you know, more than than what was just done. Very narrow. Or we could emulate the the uh sixty vote uh requirement that has been historic until it got under Harry Reid. But having said all of that, uh, that didn't occur, you know, that that reaching across the aisle to find some common ground, even though conservative, uh, some common ground. They just went ahead and found one of the most conservative people you can imagine and made sure they pushed him through. Again, that can't be changed. It's there, and it's there for a long time, a very, very long time. I personally wish that we would see some temperament like the governor of Ohio, a Republican, expressed this afternoon. Because what he said made a lot of sense. And now we've got a polarized country. Somebody needs to start reaching across the aisle and saying, it's we the people together in this country, whether it's our own members in the UAW or outside union membership. We need to all start having some compassion for our fellow man and woman. For everybody. We cannot continue this way. It will be bad if we do, in my opinion. 
there was a fellow in Florida who was on his way and stopped. His intention was to kill every senator that voted against Kavanaugh. That has not been widely reported. I do it here with some trepidation. But you all need to know what's going on in our country. And this is not good. At all. So, those of you that can find it in you, accept the way it is until it can be changed. And let's be more civil and accepting of one another. Because it's a bad time in our country. And if the current leadership can't, those of us that are in communication with you are obligated to say, we need to tone it down a little. Let's have some respect. Have our differences of opinion. But here on this show, you hear over and over again, this is all about working men and women. And we need to find elected officials that are going to support working men and women. Not corporations. And when we start to figure that out, our country will become better. Because everybody deserves an opportunity for a good wage and a good benefit package and a good standard of living. Everybody. I've been talking to a lot of people, business owners, former reps from the UAW, and they all say, what happened? What happened to a good job for young people? The young people do not have the opportunity to go find a job fairly easily and make high wage. As a young person, the norm of 10 and $12 an hour has beset our country, and that's unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. You know, I made a speech a year ago in May that I said $31 is a good start. And it is. I mean, minimum wage ought to be, you know, minimum wage in Australia is 19 bucks an hour. I, in, in July... I was in communication here locally with six law students from Australia, and we had long discussions about their country. All their education's free, all of it. Four-year college degree. When you finish your four-year college degree, if you chose law, you're a lawyer after four years. You don't have to do bachelor's and then three more years of law school. 
you learn the law in your bachelor's program. And that cuts down the expense, and you still know as much, because a lot of that stuff is all about money for the universities. When it's all free, that competition for money goes away now, doesn't it? Yeah. Enlightening, isn't it? Yeah. So their their jobs in uh, Australia be fifty, sixty dollar an hour jobs. Europe, the auto workers got a two percent raise. Last time I saw it before the two percent raise is sixty five dollars and three cents an hour in Germany. Our country has suppressed the wages of the working class, and that needs to stop because everybody feels disenfranchised, and it's wrong. And we're about to go through through some serious inflation because of these tariffs that have now been imposed. It's already begun. Gasoline, as we talked about earlier, is on the rise. Trucks are, sales are going down. Transit vans being idled. Whole airport full of SUVs in Dallas, Texas. And we can start to see crews and other small vehicles start to see sales increase there. We've been talking about that since a year ago, August. And it's already begun. We don't know. Nobody's got a fishbowl or a crystal ball that they can tell what the market's doing. But it cer- certainly looks like it's getting real choppy. It's up over 300%. And it's unprecedented. Unprecedented. It's a geometric curve that's. We've seen such things before not in the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the broader standard poor markets. When that does indeed stop, it appears to already. We saw 400 points down Thursday and Friday. Things are going to change. Small cars are going to kick in and go like crazy. And you'll see places like Lordstown start calling people back, working overtime other places that they've been touting trucks, etc. will start to fail and go down. Slow and go down. It won't fail. But, you know, the sales will begin to go down. So we're going to see some tough times. And I'm trying to prepare you to say you individually need to start reaching out to each other and supporting one another because there's going to be some really tough times coming and you need to develop your social circles and your work circles because we're obligated under paragraph or article 41 section 2 to reach out and help each other we're obligated to assist in the time of death, distress, stress, or financial burden. So, my friends, 
taking a look at fixing our country and looking out for working men and women and less about the corporations. We have a CEO worth some 240-some billion in charge of our country. And we're seeing the impetus right before our eyes. And that needs to change back to we the people. With that said, um, let's accept what we have and work to change for the better. And we're also obligated under Section 2, Article 2 of the Constitution to do that very same thing as well. So, having said all of that, um, uh, Jeff, do you have anything else to say tonight? Um, yeah, I'm, I have a coworker who, who uh, works right next to me in the docks. He's quite a few years younger, and we have opposing views on politics. Can we sit when we have time and just have quiet little debate over over things? Um, yes. So we, we don't get mad at each other. We just have a little sit-down, and that's good. She's learning some. I'm learning some. And uh, you're right. We are in for some hard times. I'm a little afraid of what's, what may happen. Um, our country is so divided, and everybody is so upset and angry all the time. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good at all. Um, I'm kind of thinking maybe there might be a, another civil war here. And if that happens, I don't want to be around to see it. I really don't. I hope I'm wrong. But that's how I'm looking at things at this moment. It may not be this year or next year. It could be 10 years down the road because things are not improving. People are really struggling to make ends meet. The rent, the food, the medicine. And I'm getting ready to retire myself. And I'm worried about that. A lot of changes. We have to come together as one and have um, normal discussions, debates, no one getting upset, just communication is everything. And this, I'm just really disappointed in what I'm seeing right now in this country. You know, so that's what I got, Leroy. Right? Yeah, you're, you know, you're, you're right, Jeff. And what we both just described is solidarity, where you're stronger as a unit than you are as an individual. And that's why unions came to be in the beginning. And we need to get back to solidarity, where we, you know, truly just don't go to work and pass people by and wave at them and joke with them but truly understand that they may have some issues 
and they might need some help with them. There's people being laid off right now. Yeah. You know, right now. I mean, some of them, they're close to the end of their unemployment. And they're still members, brothers and sisters, and we need to start thinking about how we're going to help them. Because that's our our brothers and sisters there. Those are our work brothers and sisters. And, you know, this solidarity doesn't, it's not just a damn term. It's real. And the only way they got through the Depression is looking out for one another. And I'm going to tell you, from where I'm sitting and the knowledge base, and I watch what's going on in our, our country and see certain events, certain statements, slow the economy down, Applebee's with four cars in front of it when they used to have 40. I'm watching it develop right before my eyes. I'm in our community every day, everywhere, and it is not good. People need to start to stick together, working men and women, and let's work towards legislation for working men and women. I don't care if you're pink, blue, purple, red, or whatever color your party is, or you may be. We need to be we the people again. So, having said all of that, um, I didn't want to go over the contract a little bit. Uh, last week we we talked about how the localization is not good uh, language in the contracts. Uh, so the resolutions uh, done needs to be put into the page, the dot .com. Uh, and I'll read, we got nine minutes. Uh, I'll read uh, the next paragraph real briefly. Uh, this is about uh, union security and check off of union membership dues. I'm going to preface this by telling you that prior to the early 1950s, I believe 51, here in Michigan, we had uh, to go around and collect dues. I didn't because I'm not that old. But they had to go around and collect dues from each member individually on the work site by hand. A committee person would go around and do that. Okay. They worked hard to get that. My strongest mentor, a man by the name of Jim Ramey, who got rest his soul, he passed away a couple months ago, and we miss him a lot. And uh, he had to do that, go around, and they get a pin every month, say their dues are paid up. A lot of them wear it on the backside of their collar, some put it on their hat. And as a committee person come around, they better show it so that they knew they'd pay their dues that month. Well, right to work, change that. So far, it's in the contract, but it doesn't have to be anymore because it's now right to work state here in Michigan, and 34 of them are, and we'll probably see right to work nationwide. 
under the current thing that we just talked about, status. So this addresses checkoff for union dues, but it could go back to where the committee person would have to run around and collect dues from every member. Okay, all of you committee people out there that think you're just sitting in your work center not doing anything, believe me, if this truly gets changed the way some want it, you're going back to the floor and go to work collecting dues. Yeah. Wake up. Okay. Paragraph 4 of the GM agreement. An employee who is a member of the union at the time of this agreement becomes effective becomes effective, shall continue membership in the union for the duration of this agreement to the extent of paying an initiation fee and the membership dues uniformly required as a condition of acquiring or retaining membership in the union. So that I'm going to just stop there. It's just a little short one. We don't want to go too long. We were talking about other stuff here and really want to keep it a little short. Um, so that uh, needs to stay the way it is My, from where I'm sitting. There's no fuzz around that. It just needs to uh, be the, the way it is in the contract, and the company uh, recognizes that. And in the next subsequent couple pages, paragraphs, they, they work uh, to, or they agree to have checkoff for the dues. But I'm going to tell you, the company's going to come after that. That's one of their things. They don't want to have a strong union. They, they're going to try and say no checkoff, so the membership starts to fade. And there again, what do we talk about? We need to stick together, have solidarity. This is what solidarity is, not standing in front of the damn solidarity house, threatening people. Solidarity is making sure that we stay a strong union and stick up for one another. If somebody doesn't have their money to pay their dues and you have to collect it by hand, you hand them the money for them. That's solidarity. Getting rid of these tears out of our union. That's solidarity. These poor young people in our union that are temporaries, it's just unconscionable what's happening to them. Alternative work schedules need to go. Regular weekend overtime needs to return. I don't care about making the company competitive. I care about the membership making good wages and benefits and decent working conditions, the mandatory subject of bargaining required by the federal law. The company's competitiveness is on them and for them to develop processes that make it competitive for them. For them to have 10% profit after they've siphoned off billions for dead peasants insurance needs to stop. There's a 15-page plan in workingforaliving.org forward slash plan that outlines most of what that is and most of the resolutions 
that you'll see on our page that we write will be around that. So, having said that, I'll uh, I'll ask for Jeff. You got anything else to say? And then we'll wrap the show up. Jeff. No, you did a good job. Right? Um, we need to uh, stick together. You know, we gotta gotta do it this the right way. Right. All right. We for our brothers and sisters, all of them, laid off, working, retired, everybody. Okay. Well, having said that, uh, I'm just going to say good night, Jeff, and good night, listeners, and we'll see you next week. And we hope everybody stays safe this week. Have a great night. God bless each and every one of you, and God bless our country.